love it. Happy New Year. I missed this. I'm free. <laughs> I'm deep. <laughs> we are a mess today. Call me it a little is... off guard there. Welcome to the chocolate bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. It is 2018, y'all. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy um, New Year. And we have the giggles already because yes, we we're do. back. Yes, we are back with a vengeance, y'all. We missed you. Um, we but did. we took a bit of a planned, unplanned hiatus, I think, which we both needed, um, which was really nice. So had a chance to just uh, chill out for a bit for the last couple of weeks and do some stuff and things. And I'm feeling refreshed and <clears throat> resolved and all of that other crap that comes along with the new year that probably won't happen after five minutes from now. Anyway. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about what's been shaken since the last time we met, because uh, quite a bit has happened. So take it away, D. I, it, it's I don't know that I, a lot has been going on on this side. Um, work, holidays. Um, yeah, work and the holidays. I, of course, working for the government as I do. I but I'm starting a new job. I am the only person who's been at work for like four and a half weeks. <laughs> So it's been super interesting to just be hanging out by myself in an empty building. Um, (laughs) um, Spooky. Yeah, creepy, creepy, creepy. Uh, Yeah, I don't, I haven't really been up to a whole lot training, um, kind of trying to finish out my year and figure out what is up for next year in terms of training. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I've come to the conclusion, and I don't think this will be a shock to anyone who follows me on Instagram or pays attention to the podcast. I think I will... I think I have tapped out of the idea of ever doing a um, full power meet. I don't think mm-hmm. you guys will ever see me hit the pa- platform as a full power lifter. Um, goal is to do a bench only meet sometime oh, okay. this year. Then mm-hmm. if my deadlift mojo ever decides to return, maybe a push pull. But I think um, a full power is completely off the table. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I, other than that... Um, how the fur uh, babies they are special and wonderful and crazy they hate the fact that it is all of 12 degrees outside oh, right now oh goodness <laughs> that's a mess um and so yeah they've been around what else have i been up to i don't know i it's been any a, new it's goodies been, any uh cool new purchases you always I, the good well, stuff well you know we had the planner so i've been kind of finding my way to how I wanted to organize my 2018 planner because Mm -hmm. I am a type A planner maniac. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I have purchased a whole lot of colorful pens because I do have a thing about color coding my planners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So every kind of thing. So the chocolate bar, of course, the pen for the chocolate bar is the brown pen because chocolate. Right, right. And, you know, things like household items and what have you are green a certain shade of green bills Mm -hmm. being due are a certain shade of green doctor's appointments are red so i've been doing a lot of that um i did a another yet another household purge um Mm -hmm. which i'm sure my neighbors were thoroughly amused by because i woke up one morning at like I don't know. Let's say four thirty. Oh, let's say it. (laughs) And um, I went in the living room and I decided I hated the chair in my living room and I wanted it out of my house immediately, Mm. as in right then and there at four thirty in the morning. And that's usually a slippery slope because once you move that, you're like, (laughs) and then this, and then this. (laughs) So I dismantled the chair. Oh boy! And carried it down the stairs and put it in my truck. (laughs) 
That is <laughs> by my, hilarious. By myself. And then proceeded Why to... Why was there no IG video footage of this? See, this, these are the things we that we need to, to see. We would have had to tie the uh, the camera to Marlo. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been even better. Oh my, oh my God. God. She, I mean, you know, they're like our producers. So, you know. <laughs> but yes, that, that led to a massive... Um, purge of the household because once the chair was gone it looked bright and airy but then i didn't feel bright and airy because there was shit everywhere oh so, boy yeah there's been this ongoing um purge of the household mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so yeah there's that and um we're still dating someone but okay, we're not talking okay. about that we're not talking about that too much okay, um, okay. i got you I don't even know, to be honest, if he's listened to this yet, but if he has, hi. Um, hey. <laughs> I know it's been mentioned, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, as us old people do, technology isn't always our friend. <laughs> right. I can attest to that, most definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. and I don't know. I saw my family briefly for the holidays. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there hasn't been, been all that much up. Um, okay. Where have you been? What have you been up to? I know there is, there's, there's, I'm not going to ask for the full meat rundown, but you're not going <laughs> to act like you didn't do one. I'm not going to let you get away with that. So I'm going to just put it out there now. Well, let's see. So, oh, that's right. Because the, the episode immediately after that was us talking to fabulous April loves lifting. So I yes. didn't really get a chance to report back about that, but um, you know, I mentioned it here and there and, and I did actually survive and make it to the platform. Um, um, it was it December 9th um, I did the Equinox open here in uh, Maryland um, which is a USAPL meet um, and it was actually overall a really cool experience I, I must say I mean I definitely learned a lot um, but it was overall positive it was a very well run and well organized meet which I think was was helpful to that extent because you know we have definitely been to um, I haven't been to as many powerlifting meets as I have bodybuilding shows but when that shit starts running running off and there's like 95,000 bikini girls and it is like (laughs) 12 midnight it is just not it's just not a a fun experience so I was really happy that um, they actually decided I guess based upon the number of competitors to do a two platform one session meet so it was one and done after the morning session which was pretty oh that's really amazing yeah it really was it really was so um it was really you know and again maybe one day either episode wise or maybe i'll write an article kind of just about all the sights and sounds and things i'm still kind of um processing a lot of it uh i was planning to write like a blog post um immediately thereafter but i was just still trying to sort of absorb everything but um i will say this um i was really happy with how things worked out um i went eight for nine um missed one lift which i will kind of discuss a little bit tonight in our episode um yeah so i i mean it was great i had you know some friends come to support me my special olympic athletes were there and that i thought that was awesome oh my god i was so excited just to see them and just to you know just to hear them cheering for me i think really you know i I mean i wasn't having a hard time or anything but that just really like kind of made me feel so comfortable because it's like you know i spent you know a lot of time with them and and you know telling them to do certain things and giving them certain feedback and then to hear it come right back at you it's like they've been listening to their coach (laughs) so that was really amazing and it's funny I mentioned this um 
on, um, I think, Instagram and Facebook, but one of the athletes, um, Kathleen. So the two athletes that came have both been chosen to represent the state of Maryland in the Special Olympics uh, State Games in Seattle uh, this year, as a matter of fact. So I and they are the only two from Maryland and they're both from my county's powerlifting team. So I am incredibly proud of them. Um, but at yay. any rate, yay! So one of the athletes, Kathleen, is just, she's amazing. She's such a little lady. Like she wears her little tiara to practice and she is a mess. But um, so they do uh, bench and deadlift when they are, you know, kind of doing the meets around here in this, in the, just the one state game. Um, but at the national games, they have the opportunity to squat. Well, we've never really done squatting with them. So we've been sort of trying to figure out how to kind of, you know, figure that whole thing out with them. And so when we first approached um, Kathleen about squatting, you know, we were like, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. Isn't this great? And she's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, wait, wh- why not? <laughs> and she said, she said, because she the way she said it was almost like because my mom said that only boys do that or something like that and we were like wait what so we ended up talking to her mom you know we were like hey yeah we were talking to Kathleen about you know incorporating you know squats since they'll be eligible to do that at the national games and she had mentioned that you you know didn't want her to do that and it was so funny because her mom immediately was like Kathleen (laughs) and poor thing she kind of dropped her head (laughs) she was like that wasn't true (laughs) So she, for whatever reason, was like, I ain't down with the shits. I ain't squatting for nobody. So anyway, long story short, we periodically ask her and um, she would be like, no, you know, nope, not doing it, not doing it. And then so she came to the meet. And then after the meet um, was over, I said, oh, I said, Kathleen, did you see all those really cool ladies out there squatting? And she said, yeah. And I said, so you think you might be, you know, you might want to squat now? And she kind of looks at me and pauses and she kind of, she has a really low voice. So she kind of whispers maybe girl yes. i had died i had died and gone to heaven Victory. i was like my work here is done praise Victory. god so i mean that's the kind of stuff that gets me hyped so anyway so yes i was very excited about that and a couple of my girlfriends came and my family was there so it was just a really and i'm actually met some really cool ladies there too um but it was just a really good experience uh you know i don't it's funny because everyone's like what are you doing again what are you gonna do again and you know me i'm i'm slow like a tortoise so i don't really know um i just need like some more months to just kind of chill out and and maybe reconfigure some things and kind of figure out how I want to approach it from here on out so for right now I'm just chilling trying to uh you know get rid of this Christmas fluff a little bit because I have been having way too good of a time um and that's fine so yeah that's uh let's see what else oh uh holidays came it was great um stayed here for the holidays um hosted uh some family on um Christmas day which was new for us usually we just have Christmas Eve dinner just the three of us and so but it was very chill like we don't do anything big we were like look we got leftovers if y'all want to come and partake <laughs> that's your that's your business but uh i ain't cooking again so had some out-of-town uh family come over christmas night which was fine and then other than that, i've mostly been sitting on my ass um i actually today um got up this morning and looked at the alarm clock and looked at the temperature and I was just like I cannot adult today I just cannot so um, I had already kind of tentatively taken an extra day off a vacation from work because um, since I work for a university it's actually closed the week between Christmas and New Year's which is fabulous oh so jealous so shout out to jealous. the Catholics um, so jealous but yeah so I was uh yesterday was our official day and I was like 
I mean, actually, today was our official first day back, and I was like, I cannot. So I did, I did make um, set the intention to at least be productive since I wasn't going in. So I trained this morning, made some food, um, did some plannerish things. I'm still anxiously awaiting the arrival of my planner so I can join the Planner Nation. But um, you know, did some stuff around that. I and you will be so proud of me, D. I actually made three self care appointments today, Whoa, all in a row. Whoa! So yes. I um, I had been shopping around for a new primary care physician, and um, I wanted to, you know, my first choice was an African American woman in my area, so that had been a little bit difficult to find. But I uh, was actually able to get a referral from my son's pediatrician, and so I ended up calling her office today to try to set that up. Um, I actually called my therapist after three years <laughs> and set up an appointment with her, um, and it, you know, it wasn't. particular reason I had kind of just fallen out of going with her it was just just one of those things so anyway I um ended up uh making an appointment to go see her next week and my um guide appointment gyn appointment had already been made but that's actually happening uh uh, within the next two weeks too. So I was feeling very productive Look today. at you adulting. Girl, paid some bills, uh, got my life together. I mean, I was really feeling pretty good today. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. It could all fall apart, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but I'm really, you know, and I don't do resolutions or anything like that, but I just have set the intention to um, really be more mindful of my mental health. So that's why I was like, you know what? You need to just go check in. It's a new year. See what's up. So um, I was really happy about that. And speaking of that, I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but I actually came across a, um, there's a resource website for um, women interested in finding um, therapists of color. Um, and it is a pretty comprehensive resource. So I think I posted it on my Facebook. I'm going to post it on my Instagram. Actually, um, uh, oh God, homegirl. Oh, Tasty from, um, Orange is the New Black actually posted a link on her Instagram as well. So this is like super important. I think it's called blackdoctors or blacktherapist.org or something like that. Anyway, super important. It is an amazing resource. Um, I encourage everyone who is listening to really, you know, again, set that intention to kind of work on their mental health, whatever that be, whether it be maintaining it or improving it or, you know, whatever. Um, It's really important and it's something that we don't do enough of. So I will definitely post the link to that website but I was really excited to see that so uh with that I think we can uh chit chat about what's going on this evening what we chat about so we were knocking around some different ideas and we didn't know what to do with ourselves which right (laughs) that's a whole other thing too heavy yet everybody was doing new year new me blah 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 so we wanted to just talk about and and really let's be real there's no new us we're the same old same same folks y'all exactly as yesterday Mm -hmm. as we were yesterday and three days ago (laughs) so right my my intention for the year is to be an even bigger clusterfuck no i'm kidding right right, right, but um (laughs) we realized that we we talked about well we talked a lot about training and diet and all this other stuff but we hadn't yet really talked about the rituals and superstitions that we associate with our lifting especially Mm -hmm. i mean we also talked about it in relation to other things like the fact that like you just said i have to pee right before we get out here to record (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's the last thing I do right before. Oh, hold on, let me go pee, and then right, 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 right. <laughs> ritual I, hashtag. And, and quite frankly, if I don't do that, I probably would feel really strange. Now right. at this point, I just go, just right, like just like when your mom is like, "Did you go to the bathroom?" Right. I don't have to pee. Go to the bathroom. Go anyway. <laughs> I now do that to myself. And that's right. where that that's actually where this entire conversation came from. The idea of talking about this is you were talking about those things mm-hmm. that growing up our parents made us yep. do or that we are told us to do or said to us mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we now do to ourselves. And there's mine. I don't right. have to pee. Go anyway. Oh, fine. Right. Okay. I do it to the dog too. <laughs> I don't care if you got you gonna we're gonna stay out here till you pee. You gonna pee. Never mind my son. So I do it to my husband and he got a tiny bladder. So girl, I'm always like, y'all need to go to the bathroom right now. I would pay to see you and Angus <laughs> arguing because girl. see, I feel like, <sighs> he, I feel like Angus probably just looks at you like, really? You oh my gosh. He's so disobedient. It is just, it is a mess and it is too cold. So I'm at this point, I'm like, look, you get one chance. And if you pee in my house, we gonna have problems. So, anyway, I anyway, so that is that the, the, that is what we are talking about today: the rituals, the routines, the uh, superstitions um, that we associate with lifting. I know I have more for some things than others. I have been an athlete or some variation on an athlete for a really, really long time, and mm-hmm. I I don't know that there's ever been anything that I've been involved in either on the performing or the athletic side where I didn't have major superstitions. And it's weird. I was thinking about this as I was, um, driving home from work today. And when we initially talked about this and so many of my superstitions are related to what I'm wearing Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. I lift or do what have you or do whatever. I think I said to you specifically, like I have, I have two pairs of identical lifting shoes. They are the same size, the same color, the same everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure if I put them in front of you, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But only one of those those identical pairs of weightlifting shoes is for benching. If I put the other ones on, those are the ones for squatting. If I put mm-hmm. them on to bench, it upsets me right. greatly. Right. It, it's I, crazy. I, I, I can't. I can't. I just can't. I. I. It. They're exactly the same shoe. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. got them a week apart. <laughs> It's not like one is is broken in more. Oh, now it probably is one is more broken in to bench than the other. But no, they're identical beyond that. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get really upset if I have to bench in my squat shoes or squat in my bench shoes. So there's one, even though they're identical. Right, right, right. right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Well, you know, it's it's really interesting because I, you know, I I didn't, you know, it's funny because this whole like ritual setup thing, I didn't. I didn't really notice that much until I started paying more attention to, <clears throat> you know, power lifters and, and kind of what they do and, and just kind of watching, you know, all the videos that pop. And it, it just seems like, you know, that that's like a thing, you know, and, and everybody kind of has something different that they do. And I, I mean, I find it fascinating, really, because different people do different things. And I always wonder, you know, and it seems like sometimes they're not even necessarily aware of what it is that they're doing, but they just do it every single time. And I know for me, um, just in terms of, you know, routines, and, and we'll definitely talk about kind of routines versus versus rituals and kind of why they're different. But I, I guess I just more thought of myself as a routine person, like I just kind of tend to do the same things over and over again, when I'm, you know, when I'm in, in the morning, when I'm getting ready to train, like you, as soon as I get to the gym, I gotta go pee. 
never fails. Doesn't matter if I peed when I left home. <laughs> and, you know, I literally not even don't even live 10 minutes away from the gym. So I, I, it's just it never fails. If I try to do anything, warm up, mobility, whatever, it, cardio before I pee, it just isn't happening. So now I just automatically go. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that. I just kind of do started doing without you know without really thinking about it but it was really interesting like you were saying kind of doing some research for this um episode i i really started to see more that there is just like with anything else there's definitely a science and psychology behind why athletes you know have routines or um you know rituals and sort of how that affects their performance if if in fact it does so i i found that pretty interesting um in terms of rituals i'm trying to think if there's anything um training wise i mean and i think this well this is i i think a lot of people but the day that I have to train with no music is the day oh. that I want you to push me off a building. Like, I don't know what it is, but I literally, if I'm in the gym and like, I don't have my headphones on, like, I feel vulnerable almost. It's really weird. Like, I just, I don't know if that's because I'm super antisocial in the morning or, <laughs> or like, I, I feel like if I take off, if I don't have my headphones on, then I'm sort of forced to like actually think and be rational at four or 5 a.m. But I just I can't I mean I, when I tell you that I have headphones stashed everywhere <laughs> oh my god so I have my big over ear headphones those are the big dogs that I wear every day my beats right I have a pair of wireless earbud beats in my car I have about four to five pairs of um just regular iPhone you know headphones in my gym bag. I have <laughs> oh another God. two pair. Girl, you think I'm playing? I have another two pair in my glove compartment. Like I Wow. I there was one morning and I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was on vacation. I don't know what happened, but it was one of those things where I ended up taking all my stuff out of my car. I think maybe my husband was gonna take my car or something. And I got to the gym and I had not one pair of headphones. Girl. When I tell you that I had a breakdown in the parking lot, I ran. So I went to the gas station and, you know, them headphones are shit. So mm -hmm. none of them worked. I bought like 45,000 pairs and not one of them. <laughs> Girl, I was hyperventilating. I mean, it was a mess. And I think I it was one of those days where I really didn't have time to run back home. So it was either go home and don't train or figure out this whole headphone situation. So luckily, one of my um, buddies in the morning had an extra pair because they saw that I was near tears and, and I was able That's to borrow hilarious. them. But that was when I went and bought 46 more pairs of headphones, have them everywhere. You know, Girl. it's funny. When I was still training in a commercial gym, mm -hmm. I was non-functional without headphones. I couldn't mm -hmm. deal. And being in a powerlifting or a strength and conditioning gym has completely broken me out of that hmm. that fixed it completely i mm -hmm. um i still wear headphones occasionally uh, right sometimes i do it in a way that would mimic a meet where i am wearing them between lifts right. and mm -hmm. then lifting mm -hmm. without but the other thing is is that i've realized that to a certain extent in a meet situation depending on the federation uh mm -hmm. the promoter mm -hmm. etc the sponsors etc you may or may not be able to pick your music Right. So right. being in a gym that where they pretty much run um, Pandora 
mm-hmm. on any given day. Mm-hmm. And depending on who op- who the opener is, since I go first thing in the morning, I've heard everything from Miley Cyrus right. to, you know, Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I've learned to adjust to any of those. So mm-hmm. if someday mm-hmm. I'm on the platform and they play Miley Cyrus, I guess I can live to Miley Cyrus. Right. Although I will say... It was really hard for me to deadlift to Beyonce's Love on Top. That just right. felt wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But 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 it's been a good lesson for me in um, separating the ritual of having my music when I actually lift. Right. I do use it still for the mental state between lifts. Mm-hmm, I, um, mm-hmm. But I, it's been very good for me to get away from that because in in reality on the platform and it may not yeah may not i may hate the song that they're playing right if you even hear it at all right I mean, if frankly. you can right if you can hear it um if you or also uh, there are songs for me that especially with my deadlift that trigger my anxiety attacks with my deadlift mm. and so i need to get to the point where no matter what someone's playing i'm right. not triggered to have the anxiety associated with my deadlift so I have had to break myself of the headphone, Mm. the need and the routine associated with showing up, putting my headphones on and getting to work. Now Mm -hmm. my work also, I think it's probably in the environment I'm in. um, It's almost good to have them off so I can get to know the people around me. Right, exactly. In this particular situation because it's a smaller gym. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are other power lifters. Yeah. It helps me be aware. I'm also more aware of my time since I'm on a shorter, a much shorter time schedule with training. But yeah, it's been, it was, but in a commercial gym, that for me was just like with you, complete meltdown. I actually one day ran out of the gym and I do mean literally put my running shoes on and ran out of the gym and ran to the Mm -hmm. grocery store. Mm-hmm. to get headphones because there was just no way yeah there was no way it's interesting too that you which you mentioned about um being in a in sort of a more specialized gym and, and that one that was definitely one of the things that it was i mean not hard but just different for me with crossfit because obviously you can't really wear headphones when you're wadding um and but it was that same it, it, it was that same sensation of oh wait i can't wear my headphones this is weird but you know the energy is such that I didn't, I don't really miss them anyway, because I'm obviously training with other people. I mean, I may not be necessarily talking to them, but you know, you're hearing sort of the, come on, you can do this. You know, you got to kind of hear how much time you have left. If it's a, you know, um, for time wide, those types of things. So that is, is definitely different, but I, it doesn't like, I don't mind it. I think just because I guess, like you said, it's kind of like, well, there really is no alternative. I mean, if you're going to watch, you can't wear your fucking headphones. <laughs> you know, although, you know, there would be times when I think the first, like when I was still fairly new to CrossFit and we would do some wads where we would be inside the box for part of them and then we'd have to run for part of it, like I'll go outside and run however many meters. And, you know, I'd be like, let me get my headphone. And then I was just like, this wow. is stupid. So wow. yeah, that didn't last long at all. <laughs> that didn't last long at all. Um, and, and so, yeah, I've actually come to enjoy that, particularly like when I, you know, have to go outside and it's quiet and, you know, I'm just really focused on not dying. So um, <laughs> I don't miss, you know, the headphones, but that, that's a big one for me. And I think that's something I'm definitely going to try to work more on. Um, and interestingly enough, interesting what you mentioned about like the whole meat thing. And like I said, I'll talk a little bit more about this as it relates. But, you know, one of the things that I tried really hard to do, like especially towards the end of that training cycle, was really try to recreate meat conditions as much as possible in my 
training um i mean as much as you can do in a commercial gym so you know definitely like when i like when i went and did my openers i didn't wear my headphones obviously um you know like certain there were certain days and certain training cycles where um you know i if, if i wasn't lifting if i wasn't doing a lot of reps i just would skip the headphones because obviously you know uh, at least at that meet i didn't even ask but i just assumed i wouldn't be able to be up there with my big ass purple beats on you know so <laughs> Although that would have been cute. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I definitely do find that, you know, routine was really important to, I think, to me being able to kind of have a successful experience or a positive experience because I really spent a lot of time like just trying to be like, okay, you know, because I obviously have, I've been to them, but being in, in 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 participating i think are two different things so there's still that air of mystery like what's gonna be what's it's gonna be like what's this what's that so i really tried to make sure you know i as much as i hate fucking hated putting that singlet on and i was just like oh um but i'm like well you gonna be wearing it in front of a bunch of people so you might as well put the shit on in the gym um so you know just doing things like that and creating that routine of okay well when it's time for you to you know um deadlift you know what are you gonna do where are you gonna you know where are you gonna kind of be and you know i kind of went online and kind of looked at the layout of the gym where the meat was being held so i could just kind of get and actually i found out later i didn't realize that i'd actually been in there before um but just kind of get a sense of what the space was like um and so i think doing little things like that just kind of helped because the reality is this at the end of the day there's only so much you can control and that's with anything that's with powerlifting. that's with you know bodybuilding that's with you know playing a, a team sport there's only so many elements that you can control and i feel like sometimes having a routine or even rituals kind of plays into that like it makes you feel more in control even though you're really not in control right um so i definitely think they have their place as far as that's concerned and it's interesting because um there so there were two articles that i that sort of looked at and i will i will um of course add the links to those in um the episode notes but one of them was really talking about like why it is that you know athletes tend to use routines or at least ones that seem to be you know consistently um successful and i think it's that that mental aspect of it like if you feel more in control you'll be more in control and you'll feel more confident and thus you'll do better um you know shit may be falling all apart around you but if you feel like well you know i can line my shoes up just so and i can wear these underwear (laughs) you know you'll feel like i can take on anything that's thrown at me so i thought that was really um really an interesting um concept about you know sort of what routines you know how they enable athletes to 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 get ready to perform um at a high level so i'm trying to think are there well oh one of the things that i think is really interesting to watch that i was that i think maybe because i was a dancer and a gymnast for so long i noticed things that look like choreography if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and one of the things that struck me watching nationals over the years and even international competition is that the best lifters, especially I notice it on bench, but that's because I'm an obsessed bench maniac. Um, and certain, especially also in deadlift to a certain extent, I don't see it as much in the squat, but that's cause I hate squatting and yeah. Um, is that there are very, the best lifters have the most consistent setups yeah they never change they never deviate Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. for the longest time before I really, you know, signed on with a coach or could really figure out what that was about, I realized I, I, I just was like, I don't understand. Why would you, you know, what if you're, what if this changes or what if that changes? But what I realized is that as I've gotten, especially with bench, as I've gotten better at benching, I know in my setup mm-hmm. if something's wrong. And if yeah. that setup isn't consistent, I don't know until I get the bar off out, out of the rack mm-hmm. if something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that whole routine I go through, all that backbending and stretching my arms behind my back and looking like I'm possessed by a demon, um, right. all of that is, at this point, unless it's a super light bench press, is a buildup to something very specific that makes me feel like I'm actually capable of doing the lift, even on my worst days, if I go through my setup, even if I can't make the lift, right? Going into it, I feel like okay, I've done everything right. I'm in versus kind of the feeling of using some random setup. Like for a while, I was kind of retooling my setup and seeing if I could set up in a more efficient way or what have you, and it became really hard for me to know or feel good about when things went wrong. So with my setup, I can very clearly, there are days where I go into the gym and I'm like, I feel like shit today. I kind of feel like shit today. Today was one of those days, partially because like you said, I have eaten all the pastries and all the yummies <laughs> and my body is just like, bitch. What are you doing? Can you, we see something green? <laughs> it's like, carbs are great, but not this many. <laughs> Please stop. Feed us a vegetable and some lean protein right now. Um, so going to the gym, I didn't feel that great today. And I knew that in my head, but I looked at the stuff I had planned for bench and I was like, you're really stupid. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. knowing that I could get through my setup, I know at least when things go wrong, it's not me. It's okay. Today is just a shitty day. You feel like shit. your body's not happy versus when I started playing around with my setup and trying to do all these different ways of doing it and getting into the same position I still ended up in. I would kind of say, okay, well, was it because my shoulders weren't tucked properly or were Uh, my feet here or were my feet in the wrong place? I know if I set up properly, assuming that, you know, I'm on a pretty standard bench setup, I know if I set up properly, at least that's right. The base of the lift is right. Anything else Mm -hmm. can go wrong. I might just not have the strength that day, but it's not a question of, oh, well, was I in the right place or was this right or was this wrong? Because I can make the adjustments. And I think for a lot of people, that's what that ritual is about is being able to Mm -hmm. say, okay, I know when I set up exactly like this, it works. Mm -hmm. Even if the lift goes to shit, it makes it that much easier to say why the lift went to to troubleshoot. Right versus doing something different every single time yeah and then having to guess okay well what went wrong right there's a girl who i cannot think of what her name is um that i've seen in a number of bigger competitions or bigger meets uh usually national level international level where she has the most complicated sumo deadlift setup i've ever seen Mm. It is like she is measuring her feet and the bar with her hands mm-hmm. and trying to make and making sure everything is exactly the same distance apart. It is the most intricate setup I've ever seen. But whatever it is, it works. It works. Yeah. I'm sure if I did it, I'd probably fall over, but that's also because I'm bad at sumo deadlifting. But <laughs> it just like watching her is so interesting because whatever it is, she's got reasons for doing it. Mm-hmm. And it 
must and i think for most of us it's that whole piece of for lack of a better word i'm being sciencey because public health the whole idea of self-efficacy and the ability mm-hmm. to actually perform something from beginning to end starts with that r- ritual like if right. i even even with my deadlifts and all my weird deadlift anxiety i know if i go through my setups usually that minimizes the ability for me to have that anxiety attack Mm-hmm. I still get it sometimes. I can't completely control it. But I know if I go through a normal setup, usually I can say, okay, what went wrong? As opposed to, and that's how right. you end up with me in tears outside the gym. When I started playing around with my setup and doing all these different things that I'd seen other power lifters do trying to mimic mm-hmm. that setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, anxiety attacks, anxiety attack all up and through it. So there's definitely something to the idea of doing the same thing every time or as close to the same thing because obviously again you can only control what you can control right, right. but get it at least approximating it, I, it mm-hmm. it's funny you talk about the bathroom because i think i do that too now that i think about mm-hmm, it that mm-hmm. i get to the, wherever i'm going to lift and i have to go to the bathroom yeah it's first. almost like i mean at least for me it, it's almost like it <laughs> sounds really stupid now that I'm about to say it, <laughs> but it almost kind of centers me like, okay, you're in the, it's almost like a signal, you know? Okay. You're in the gym. Um, and you get, you have this, 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 and this to do this morning, you know, whatever. And it's almost like that switch that flips for me. Like once I go pee, then it's like, all right, you got to get down to business. It's kind of like coming home and taking your bra off as soon yes. as you walk through the door, you know yes. what I mean? Or, or putting your PJs on. It's almost like those, those signals to your body when you are transitioning from one thing to another. Yes. I think it, at least for me, that's where that whole bathroom thing comes in. I mean, I have to be careful because when I, I find that when I'm more anxious or like unsure in terms of whatever, you know, if it's a new weight or, you know, like, Dude, that whole week of the meet, like I was fucking running to the bathroom literally after I would like half lift and be like, I gotta pee. And I didn't. <laughs> I just was, I had to like calm myself down and be like, okay, let's, let's step back. And again, like you said, let's go through your setup. Let's do this. Let's do that. But you brought up a really important point that, you know, I figured, you know, we'd eventually sort of get to to kind of tie everything together. But I noticed this a lot with like a lot of um, newbie um, power lifter. And I mean, I've noticed it obviously in other in other sports, but I've noticed it even more so, I think, in powerlifting. And, and it could be newbie in terms of being a younger person or, you know, without a whole lot of experience. But I find that there there is a... <sighs> when in this particular arena i've noticed that there's a lot more of people trying to replicate emulate mimic other people's setups um and i think that that you know what you were talking about a little earlier about how you have to do what works best for you i think that is a lot where that comes into play and that's something i think that really struck me about this whole experience like you know, kind of just casually watching, you know, people set up and do their thing or whatever. Um, you know, I, I guess at this point in my life, like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. Like once I kind of figure out what works for me or what I feel like works for me, I'm comfortable just sticking with that. Even if somebody comes along and says, no, this will work better for you. This is the latest and the greatest. I, I tend to be okay with going by how my body instinctually feels at any given point in time. So, you know, when I, I would see, you know, power lifters and like, you know, 
Kim Walker, for example, like she's intense. It doesn't no matter, no matter what. Um, if she's trained in her house, she's still got that same level of intensity. You know, obviously when she goes to a meet, she's mad intense and like sort of very kind of in a very verbal sort of way and physical sort of way. Um, and it, it, clearly it works for her. I know that that does not work for me. No. Um, I think I tried it. I'm just not, A, I'm just not, well, first of all, it's five o'clock in the morning. I ain't going to be screaming about nothing. <laughs> number one. Number two, like my energy is just different than that. And so when I tried to do that, I found that A, I felt like a jackass. <laughs> B, <laughs> um, it just, it didn't, because it didn't feel natural to who I am. And C, and this was really the, the most important thing for me. This was kind of the clincher for me. I felt like for me, that wasted a lot of energy that I could have been using to put into my lift, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I started trying to figure out where, you know, especially as it related to being on the platform or meet day, where can I save those expenditures of energy? And because for me, at 46, that is very important. Like it, it may be a little different for somebody who's younger and they got energy to spare. I don't. So I needed to figure out sort of what would allow me to be technically sound to to complete the lift and and have energy to spare. And so I noticed in sort of looking back at some of my, you know, some of the video from that day that my husband took and, you know, he even, he commented on it. He was like, you just seem really calm. And I said, you know, it wasn't so much that I was calm. It was more so like, okay, whatever you got, you got to get this lift. So that's where you need to focus your energy on. Um, and for me, that is, you know, like you said, with like, like some people, you'll look at their 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 deadlift setup. And I mean, literally, it feels like it's five minutes because, mm-hmm. you know, they're moving their feet around and then they, you know, put their hands down, they pick their hands up, they might swing them in a windmill, you know, and turn around three times. And it's fine. I mean, if that works for them, that's great. But like, for me, I, I'm much more of a walk out, place your feet, grab the bar and pick that shit up. Like I, I try to minimize sort of the in-between stuff if I can. But the interesting thing too, because I have gotten myself to a point where, you know, there aren't a lot of steps for me to complete. I can tell, like you said, almost immediately when that setup has been successful or when it's not mm-hmm. because it is so many few steps. So I'll know immediately I added an extra, um, you know, I added an extra toe smush where I shouldn't have or where I usually don't and so like with you because I, I've tried to really increase that um, consistency it's easy for me to say oh you know what bar is not on my neck correctly let me adjust before or let me re-rack and adjust um, and I found that that tends to work for me better um, and with you you know because like you said you're kind of like the you know that bench guru you're focused on that I focus a lot on squats because I love squats, but I've noticed with um, athletes where, you know, again, they tend to, to be very successful or they're very technically sound or whatever. there's like you mentioned with choreography, there's almost a rhythm to the squat. There's a rhythm to how they approach the bar, how they, you know, do their walkout, how they begin their lift, how they finish it. There's just a rhythm to it. And I find that when I get into my personal rhythm, I can almost tell immediately that I, I got it. Um, you know, it was interesting because so the day of um, the meet when I, you know, did my squats and I had someone with me that day. Um, hey, girl, Candace, my girlfriend, Candace. And I was like, listen, 
I'm giving you all my openers to give the judge, you know, here are all the prescribed lifts that, you know, my coach was like, if, if this happens, this is your second lift. If this doesn't happen, this is, I said, I don't want any parts of it. I said, you tell the judge, I will lift it. And so at the end, I really had no idea what that ending weight was. I knew that it was more than I had done in practice. So I was already a little like, huh. but, and I, but when I got there and I did my setup, I was like, oh, I got this. Like, I didn't even, it didn't even matter to me how much was on the bar. Cause I knew that I had the lift. Um, and I think again, that was just because of that, trying to develop that consistency and just do what felt natural to me, right? Uh, because you, you know, and obviously being at a meet, you see different people doing different things. But like I said, I, you know, that's one of the things that I, th and, and who knows, maybe that's something that just develops with time, whether it be age or whether it be, you know, time of length of time in the sport. But I find that a lot of folks that, you know, you'll see them asking questions and saying this is going wrong and that's going wrong, but it worked for so-and-so. And it's because they're not taking the requisite time to figure out specifically what works for their body mechanics, their mental, you know, sort of how they flow, how, you know, what their sort of um, the best type of focus for them is, whether that's internal, external, talk about that later. But um, yeah, that was one of the things that I really learned is just that that level of consistency and, and like I said personally for me it's about energy expenditure because I'm I think I get very worried about that like I uh -huh. feel like you know do will I have enough stamina will I have enough stamina and so I always try to find ways to kind of rein that in and as a matter of fact I'm almost positive that's why I failed the lift that I did fail <laughs> um, because quick story so I missed my opening bench and this was a weight that I had been practicing the whole time. I had repped it. It was fine. Um, and I think so two things happened. Of course, you know, you have to give your weight in kilos, right? Um, and so when I was going through that process, when I got there, you know, the, the lady was like, oh, well, you can either do this or this, you know, in terms of the weight. So it was under the prescribed weight or over, you know, what do you want to do? And so I was like, Ugh. and she's like, is this your first meet? I said, yeah. She said, you should do under. under. I said, okay. <laughs> under well somehow i think that got lost in translation with my bench it wasn't a significant amount but obviously it was significant enough so that was the first issue the second issue that was i think not external but more to me so this whole time i've been training i've never had a lift off right just because a you know i wasn't necessarily lifting super super heavy um for bench and b there just usually isn't always somebody consistently around so i didn't want to get dependent on that because it's like okay well so-and-so's not here i can't bench today so i never ever ever practice with a lift off so get to the meet and they have someone there to do a lift off and i'm like I don't need to do that. I've never done that before. I will not do that. Well, it didn't occur to me how much energy you expend on a liftoff. Whether it's, <laughs> yeah. And you're probably like, duh, I'm, bitch. I'm laughing but. because it's like, I, like I have like 14 pages of Instagram essays on me figuring out how to do this because I know. of the exact same reason. I just never, I just didn't think about it. And it's funny because, you know, again, we're talking about routine. And like, you know, when I tell you that I went through, you know, every single routine about what could, you know, how that day could potentially go and what to do and how to do it and practicing it in the gym. 
it never fucking occurred to me to practice a lift off. So I get there and, you know, it's time for bench. And like I said, this was a weight that I had done many, many, many times out. You know, I picked a, you know, my coach picked a very conservative opener for bench because obviously it's, it's that lift is not as strong for me as the other two. So I was fine. So get there and I'm like, nah, I don't need a lift off, whatever. Uh, get there, get the weight, you know, command, had the commands on point. That was my other big thing. Commands, commands, commands. So I'd practice them in the gym, whatever. Practice, pause, bench, whatever. So get the command, get the weight down. It was fine. I started pushing that weight back up. Girl, my left elbow was like, nope, bitch, not today. Like, it was just, I could not believe it, you know, and I had to kind of pull my shit together very quickly because I was like, you still got two more to go, you know, don't trip, whatever. But I just was like, what the fuck was that? And I really do think that extra little bit of energy that I expended doing my own lift off and making sure I was like, okay, is my lift off right? Is my butt on the bench? It was just one more thing to think about that I really shouldn't have had to think about. And you could best believe I got a lift off for them last two lifts. But (laughs) again, you know, live and learn. So I think even if I don't necessarily need it when I'm benching from here on out, like whatever that, whether that be another meat prep or just, you know, just general training, I'm going to definitely just start practicing that too. Um, because it's not even so much about, do you need help lifting the heavy ass weight? It's about save your energy for the lift. Um, but you know, these are the little things I guess you learn when you, when you actually do it. But I would have never thought, you know, of of all the lifts that I would have, you know, not gotten, I would have just, I wouldn't have dreamed it would have been that one. But, um, yeah, man, live and learn. I need to go read your essays. Shit. Well, because I, it's something that for me, I have always benched and trained for the most part with men and it's funny because it is a ritual thing and i've always had male training partners and because i've always had male training partners men tend to give other men liftoffs in the gym because quite frankly if you fuck up a liftoff of 300 pounds you're gonna die pretty much you're gonna die pretty much so usually though with I guess they just translated that to my body weight. And since ever since I put the big girl plates on with the, at 135 when I was still in a commercial gym before I started benching in kilos, um, mm-hmm. they started giving me a liftoff. Right. Now, I learned how to give myself a liftoff because, again, like you said, you can't be in a situation where you're like, oh, so-and-so's not here, so I can't bench. Right. But the wider my bench has gotten over the years, like I've changed my bench setup, I've changed my grip, I've changed all kinds of things. I've been trying to figure out because I watched nationals and saw quite a few of the women giving self handoffs. And also just if you get a shitty handoff, you don't want to go back to the same person and be like, yeah, "Yeah, give me a handoff again. Right. Maybe not. Not a good idea. So to me, it made sense for me to learn how to give myself a self handoff. But the problem is that, and this is something I've been working on with my setup is that the way my setup works and because Mm -hmm. my arms are so short and I am so short, it requires me to do all kinds of crazy things that impact my setup. I have to make the rack a whole setting lower. I have to swing through differently. I have to place my shoulders differently because I have to get under the bar. So there are all these things that happen. And I, last week, I think it was, I started playing around just to see how heavy I could go. And there's like, I literally could not bench something I know I can write. Like Mm -hmm. I hit a number and I was just like, nope, 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 because I was so tired. So. I started playing with that concept as part of my setup just to see, just so that if I was in a meet and I didn't like the handoff I got, Mm -hmm. I had a reference point 
for right. a setup and a ritual of what a self handoff would feel like. Right. But uh, nah, I don't plan on doing that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's funny you say that there are these things that you are a very calm lifter, but I think your approach to lifting, to be perfectly honest, is very similar to a lot of the things you do in life. Like for those mm-hmm. of you who don't talk to Brie in real life, Brie is kind of like the queen of, I just don't give a fuck right now. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just how you handle things. Like if you don't like, like you don't do stress, like you don't do right. this kind yep. of like over the top stressed out, like large displays of emotion thing. So yeah. I'm I mean, not that's surprised. not to say that I don't get stressed out. I think it just manifests itself differently. Yeah. Like I it's find a quieter. That, yeah, internal. and I find like I have trouble sleeping, or you know, I, I start doing you know more stuff that I don't normally do. But I don't, I don't like. You're right. I don't. You don't emote. Right, it's not exactly. an external. Exactly, it's not an external thing. And yeah. for me, it's that all of my stress externalizes itself. But then I have to learn how to like center it. And so, right, yeah, I think your setup thing is not surprising. It's just like I had to find for my deadlifts to get rid of the anxiety attacks I was having. And people think it's the funniest thing in the world. I had to go all the way back to being a dancer, and I yeah. literally. Yep five six seven eight my dance like it doesn't matter what's playing it doesn't matter what i just listened to you can almost see it and i'd say about 50 percent of my videos when i do post them you can see the five six seven eight yeah because i have to do something that i am so that in dance class is pull your shit together and get into your opening position because we're about to start so it pull for me it's starting it's slowly starting to have the same effect for my deadlifts is that okay pull your life together you can do this you Mm -hmm. know how to lift this stop thinking so hard because that's really what has gone wrong with my deadlift is that i have turned the deadlift into a thinking man's lift you can't Mm -hmm. think you can't think 300 pounds off the ground let me tell you ladies you can't it just doesn't work that way (laughs) and so i've been trying to work back to the idea of centering myself and just being comfortable with going for it like just like i would never get into an audition for dance and try to think my way through a dance why am i trying to think my way through a deadlift (laughs) right right well and and you bring up a really important point you know i was going to point out and we've talked about this before on in in various capacities and contexts but i think it it really it really rings true and i i i see now that it even applies to you know powerlifting for me is that how you do one thing is how you do everything Mm -hmm. um and and that could be a good or a bad thing (laughs) depending on how you do things but i really do and i think i say that to say that i think sometimes for you know like when i notice a lot of um you know and i think this is more i notice it with women than men just because i think we have a tendency to be more tentative and need more feedback that we're doing something correctly um i think sometimes if we would you know even though you're a newbie, that's fine. You can be new to an endeavor, but you still know yourself better than anybody else. And if knowing yourself puts you in a certain space in terms of how you want to set up the types of rituals you want to create, the type of routine that you have, I think you have to trust yourself enough to try to apply it to that situation. Now, obviously there are going to be exceptions to that rule. Like you don't want to do something that's unsafe or, you know, for example, if you were, you know, bodybuilding and you're, you know, you have a specific nutritional plan that you're following, you want to do what your coach tells you. But I think even in executing what your coach wants you to do, you can do that in a way that it feels authentic to who you are as a person. And I think, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, as we see more women sort of 
kind of get into this sport or, you know, that, that they will learn to trust their instincts a little more. And you know, I think you can trust your instincts even as a beginner. Like I said, you don't have to know everything, but you know who you are and you know what feels good to you. And and a lot of that is trial and error, like you said, too. You know, like I said, I you know, I tried that screaming thing one day. And I <laughs> I'm trying to picture that. Is Girl, there a video of this somewhere? No, Because I know you not. well enough to know that that was fucking hilarious it was a hot i was like you know what (laughs) this is so stupid so i know that that's not me i'm i'm just that's not me you know and and even at a meet like you ain't gonna be slapping me on my back i might turn around and punch you in the face right that's not that doesn't work for me but for some people that works great now that whole ammonia thing was the bazaam. I will tell you that I had, wow, I just had, I'd never used that before. But that worked. That was enough for me. That was enough to kind of give me, especially after I messed up that lift, that was enough for me to be like, okay, where are you? This is the here and now. What happens next? So, you know, and, and it's funny because like I said, I look over, you know, how I prepared for, you know, a bodybuilding show, um, just in terms of the routine that I had, how I used to prep for trial when I was a trial lawyer, I had the same routine, I had the same order in which I would structure my cross exam, I had the same order in which I would structure my closing and opening argument, it was just a way that made sense to me. And, you know, there were certainly were times where even my boss was like, why are you doing that? But I'm like, you know what, this feels good. This works for me and and I have success with this. So I'm sticking to this. Um, And so I think, you know, a lot and it's tempting because, again, you know, you look, especially on social media, you see so and so who's, you know, doing this this amazing thing. And it's like, well, if I do that amazing thing, I'll be able to do that, too. And I'm like, but she's been lifting for about 10 more years than you. Um, So there are all those other factors that you don't necessarily see when you see her do that setup right um so i think you know it's really important again to you know pay attention to what works for you first and then try to tweak that if you need to but don't try to adopt somebody else's thing and make it your own because that usually doesn't work out very well exactly And, and this i know this from experience and on a similar note as you start to work with coaches and other athletes if you really feel like something works for you, and I know I'm always mm-hmm. the one to say this, but I think it's an important reminder, um, communicate that. Learn how to communicate. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. Or if you're, I know I've got a friend who trains with a coach and um, sometimes her coach will randomly say, oh, well, let's try this this way. Oh, see. Uh-uh. And, it, and then inevitably she fails the lift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you just changed my entire you just didn't change my entire approach to this lift and now it takes her sometimes two or three weeks to get back the confidence yeah you know where as if she had just left the setup alone and maybe just said okay i'm gonna throw this weight on here i know you've never touched it before do what you always do and just let's go for it yep you might have a successful lift so i think it's really important to know how to communicate with your coaches that yeah okay Let's not change this today. Let's if we're going to make changes, I, I know I, you guys have watched me do it on Instagram. When I started fucking around with these self handoffs, I took everything off the bar. I haven't touched Yeah. I don't think I've touched anything other than overload days. I haven't touched anything over 170 pounds, 165, 170 pounds somewhere in there. And that's because I can't focus on hitting a 200 and something pound bench press while i'm trying to figure right. out can i get up underneath this bar and right get, and get it out of this i'll kill myself i and i do mean that literally yeah. if i drop 200 pounds on my little ass i am going to get broken 
Right. So. Yeah, and it's always interesting to me too. You mentioned that, and just from what I was saying earlier um, about just kind of trusting yourself. Like one of the things that I just I just don't get <laughs> um, is you know, and, and again, you know, there there are different webs uh, websites, different Instagram accounts. We'll see this on um, that are awesome, but you'll you'll get these folks that'll come in and be like form check and you kind of listen to sort of what they're saying. And sometimes it's not even that they're having issues. They just want somebody to check their form for the hell of it. And I'm kind of like, but if it's working for you, and again, you're doing it in a safe way, you're not experiencing any pain, who the fuck cares? Right. Like, why are you asking a bunch of random ass people if what you're doing for your personal body mechanics is okay? Because and they don't know you and they're not in your body. So all it's going to do is fuck with your head. Like, I just don't, I don't get right. that at all. And I'm going to go back to the idea of coaching. If you find yourself regularly asking random people on the internet, if your form is correct, hire a coach. Yes. Because the thing is, Brie and I are a perfect example of that. We are about the same height or so she says. And <laughs> <laughs> that was so shady. <laughs> And we are built completely differently. Mm -hmm. I am on if I'm sure if we actually took a tape measure and measured my legs, my legs are probably a solid five to six inches shorter than Breeze. My mm -hmm. arms are shorter. I'm built complete. I'm built like a small little Oompa Loompa. We might be the same height, but we're built mm -hmm. completely differently. Right. Our body mechanics as a result of that are completely different. I right. can if I can say Breeze form check. And she'd be like, I guess it looks all right. Right. looks good to me. Did I you mean, get the weight up? Did it work? And the most, I think the closest we've ever gotten to that conversation is I watched you deadlift once and I was like, why aren't you sumo deadlifting? Mm -hmm. But even in that, I can't tell you how to sumo deadlift because what would work for me as a sumo deadlift would never work for you because I have nowhere to go to pick up the bar. You have legs I don't have. Right. right <laughs> so right, right. I think people need to realize, yes, there are resources out there, but make sure that you filter out the noise. I, right. when I want, when I want concrete advice about my bench, there is literally one person right now maybe right, two, yeah. that I trust either my old coach or my prospective future coach. Those are yeah. the only two people I want to hear anything about my because bench. Because they from. know you and they know your mechanics and they've either worked with you or have had the opportunity to observe you enough to say, oh, okay, this, that, or the other. And it was funny because you know, I was, I remember sending, you know, and I didn't, you know, with my coach, I didn't really send him my lifts at all. I mean, I would, you know, he would ask me sort of, you know, was I hitting my numbers? Was I not? How was I feeling? What were my energy levels like? Blah, 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 blah. But I wasn't like, you know, sending him, here's my deadlift. Here's my this. Here's my that. Now the week of the meet, I did, um, you know, he, he said, give me your, you know, video your openers if you can and send them to me. So I, you know, sent them to him or whatever. And he was like, oh, okay, you know, look like you were hitting those pretty easy, whatever, whatever. So based on that, let's do this. And he not once said anything about my form. So, you know, at one point I was kind of like, oh my. And I said, well, you know what? First of all, he's the kind of person where if something's wrong, he's going to tell me number one. And number two, like I said, you know, I think he was more concerned with, okay, are you making the list? You know, are you, are you doing it in such a way that you're going to get, you know, your white lights from the judge? 
let's move. You know, I could be, I could have a terrible deadlift form. I really don't know. And I mean, frankly, I don't care. You know, if I get to a point where I'm finding that I'm, I'm having some trouble, you know, making progress with respect to the amount of weight that I can lift or I'm having pain, then yeah, that's something I'll address. But I'm not one of those person where, and, and maybe this is just, you know, me being a jerk but I was like I'm just I'm not gonna seek out no criticism if I ain't got to you know what I mean like again if it's a situation where it's like huh this feels weird or you know I'm noticing that this has been happening you know what are your thoughts then I'll do that like you said with someone that I trust whether it be my coach or you know someone that I know that knows me and knows my body but beyond that I'm not I just yeah it's just it's more stress I think than than need be. And I think too, that once you sort of develop us, like you said, a solid routine slash setup slash ritual that you can be comfortable and confident with, you're going to feel more secure in what you're doing is working for you. Right. So you're not going to have to feel like, oh, well, I need to talk to somebody about my bench. If you've consistently been doing the same thing every time and having success, why are you going to talk to somebody about your bench? You know, because maybe because you're not lifting as much as so-and-so, but it doesn't matter. Are you doing, you know, what is good or sort of what is progress for you as it relates to you? Um, and I think, you know, again, that's kind of where the whole comparison thing comes into. But, I, you know, I've noticed I do see that a lot. And initially I was kind of like, well, do I need to be asking? And I was like, shit, I ain't asking nobody nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I you know. mean, really, that's why we hire coaches. And that's yep. and if your routine, again, if you're making changes and adjustments, and I can talk. Mm-hmm. I talk. I can talk ad nauseum about this at this point because of I've been dicking around with my bench at the later right. half of the year. Um, even when you're making changes, I know that there are coaches that have seen me lift who would want me to go back to lifting the way I was um, a year ago, where I had a much closer bench, mm-hmm. but. There are other coaches who would say, no, we like this really wide thing you've got going on because you have a really high arch. So even with working with coaches, sometimes you have to just be confident enough to say, this is how I prefer to be. If it starts to cause problems with my my back, my arms, my shoulders, Mm -hmm. whatever, then we can revisit. But let's focus on this right now. And not every coach is going to accept that. But like, again, if benching wide with a big arch makes you feel confident, go with what makes you feel good going into the lift. Yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't, if you like, like, and you know, you were talking about this before with kind of tinkering with things, if you start tinkering, tinkering with things, and, you know, let's say you're quote, unquote, technically sound as a result of you tinkering and your coach tinkering, but you're freaking out mentally, and you're having anxiety, and you're crying and sobbing every time, you know, you get ready to do the lift. That's not a success. Like me with my deadlift. That is right, literally you know, what that, happened. We started. That's not a success. We started playing like, with it and yeah. it became the most stressful thing in the yeah. world to me. Even if your numbers are going up, going up, going up. But again, if, you know, if it doesn't, you know, mentally, spiritually feel good to you, then it doesn't matter. Like this is at the end of the day, you know, and I, I go back to this all the time. This is supposed to be fun. It's a hobby. It's supposed to be something that you love to do. And that's why you do it. Right. And if you start, if there's things that are happening that are taking away from that it doesn't matter how great you get at it is it really worth it you know what i mean like it it, it's not it's not worth it so you know again you just gotta you gotta you gotta be good with with where you are and i think as you and going back to the how you do one thing is how you do everything i think as you develop confidence in other areas of your life and whether that be through powerlifting or you know olympic lifting or crossfit you'll start to develop that same level of confidence 
in yourself in other aspects too. You won't start to maybe second guess yourself so much at work or you won't start to second guess yourself so much as, you know, are you a good judge of character or, you know, are you, you know, picking the right friends or whatever the case may be or how you look, you know, so it almost, it's, it's like this symbiotic relationship, you know, I think. Um, and, you know, and I, I definitely think that, um, you know, even in that short amount of time and kind of leading up to that meet, it's definitely changed my perspective on some other areas of my life um, and, and being able to be more comfortable making, you know, different decisions as far as that, which goes back to, you know, making decisions about whatever I decide to do next with respect to powerlifting. So, um, you know, I, I think it can, I think it can benefit, you know, you and I mean, sort of the general you to, to be take some time to be introspective, you know, get rid of the ego, take the fucking plates off the bar and just spend some time getting to feel what feels good to you. Um, and, and sort of and don't and once you get there, don't let anyone tell you that what feels good for you and what works for you is wrong. It's not wrong. It's what works for you. Um, you know, that's that whole adage about, oh, you, you, oh God, you're rounding your back when you deadlift. Well, you know, for some people's body mechanics, they're able to do that with, to a certain extent, you know, or, you know, the whole sumo versus conventional or, you know, the way that you bit, whatever it, it, it works for that person. So how is it possibly wrong? It might be wrong for you, but right. it's not wrong for if them. If it's not so. against the rules of your federation, it's not Right, wrong. exactly. Right. Or even if you're not compete a competitive yeah. power lifter and you're just doing it because you love it, who fucking cares? Then it really does. You know? doesn't matter no it doesn't matter at all and I think you know a lot of people kind of get caught up in the sauce of that and it's like you know step back you know think about why you what your why is for doing this in the first place and 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 kind of and that can be part of your routine you know thinking about every day when you get up and you get in that gym and you get all your you know all your shit on and you know you spend nine two minutes doing mobility like my old ass does I have to think about why am I doing this you know as I'm you know doing the you know 500th whatever for you know range of motion and i'm like you know looking at these spry 26 year olds just jumping in place for two minutes and getting their ass under the bar and lifting three four hundred pounds you know i have to think about <laughs> oh, okay those were the days why, <laughs> listen but why are you doing this sis you know so <clears throat> i think um the last thing i wanted to touch on a little bit um was we talked about routines and we talked about rituals and i kind of wanted to Dis, dis, distinguish between the two just so you know for folks that may be trying to establish a routine um you know they kind of can figure out what that means and, and what it's for and again um this article um that i looked at i'll post the link to that it goes into a lot more detail about this but it basically says the the main difference between ritual and routines is that routines actually um prepare you for training or for competition it's this repetitive sort of cycle of things that you do to get you focused and relaxed before and during whether it be you know just a, a training session or a competition rituals are actually more associated with things that have no particular impact on your performance um but you know wearing the same socks or you know the 95 pairs of headphones although that could kind of promote my performance or you know going to pee beforehand whatever um you know and routines you can adjust depending on what needs to happen so if you have like you mentioned sometimes you have a shorter amount of time or you know you might need to adjust depending on the physical location where you are but rituals typically are very rigid and ceremonial so you if you have to wear those lucky socks you have to wear those lucky socks whether that means you go home and get your lucky socks or you <laughs> <laughs> don't do what you were doing that day because you don't wear your lucky socks um you know it's a much more i think 
sort of mental ceremonial symbolic sort of thing and the in the article i read kind of um summed it up nicely it said that you control routines but rituals control you so just kind of bear that in mind when you're you know if you're sort of getting started and trying to develop or improve upon a routine you know make sure it is those again you know, we talk about this a lot those tangible thing measurable things that you can do that make you feel better physically mentally emotionally about um, competing or you know even a training session um, those are probably where you want to focus a little bit more on control of I mean yeah you you know if you're going to a meet and you got lucky socks you know you want to make sure you have them but also make sure you have two pairs of socks just in case and right. be able to lift either way right <laughs> that's, that's what's really important should not be ruining your lifts <laughs> right that's what's really important so um that was all. I don't know if there's anything else that we didn't cover. I feel like we kind of jumped around. From a, lot, a technical but. standpoint, I think we covered everything. But I have a, a fun question that's related mm -hmm. to this, though. Okay, mm -hmm. so Bree, and then I'll answer after. What is your, if you want to say, favorite of your routine ritual? Preferably a routine, since we just explained the difference between the two. But in mm -hmm. your manyest, many numerous whatever they may be, routine, ritual, like what is the, your favorite or most important one? My favorite routine, part of my routine. Lifting specific. Huh, That's, that is an interesting question. Um, so I think there's two. Um, the first is finding the perfect song for a specific lift. So there's like, and I think we talked a little bit about this earlier about music, but I'm very like music kind of is a constant theme throughout my life. It always has been. It kind of drives a lot of how of how I do a lot of different things in my life. Um, so I think for me, like finding that perfect song when I get ready to start like a you know heavy triples on squat like that just every single time and it changes from time to time like i think during the last part of my prep it was um <laughs> bad and bougie by migos like it's just it was just something about that song like i just like i was just like just fuck it up just fuck that lift up as soon as that i heard that you know dude mumbling um, <laughs> <laughs> we are old and all we know is that they mumble rap they mumble. so that 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 thing is was always is always kind of my my favorite thing and then i think the other thing is oh maybe there's three so that part finding the perfect song the second part is um i kind of you know my setup for squat because like i said that's my favorite lift so that's what i spend a lot of time you know focused on is um adjusting so i get the bar in the perfect position on my neck um i don't know what it is about that but it's just something about that that just hypes me the fuck up um and then i think the third thing is um because i usually wear my hair I wear my locks up in the gym um, but if it's like super cold or something like I wear my hair down I have a, a hat on and then when I get to the gym I put it up putting my hair up because again it's that transitional thing for me like okay we about to get down to business now hmm. so I never I knew about the hair it. one I mean I knew your yes. hair was always up but I didn't know it was a thing it's a thing <laughs> <laughs> Duly and, you know, and, some, and sometimes depending on where I am in a training cycle you know I might gotta I might have to do my chun Lee buns I might have to do just a high pony I've been rocking the high pony lately um, whereas before I would have it all you know up in a bun I've been doing some low ponytails Pippi Longstocking style so it's a thing uh, yeah 
Huh. See? Duly the noted and filed. <laughs> There's that little star and rainbow. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Shh. <laughs> and you? Um, I have two. They're both bench related mm-hmm. because clearly neither of us is a right. deadlift queen. I guess that's what the message is here. Um, and it's funny because one of them you guys see all the time in my videos. I am nothing without that dramatic, the melodramatic as fuck arched back, swing backwards through the yes, barn, throw myself back that. the other way. I am nothing without that. I cannot bench with that. I feel like crap without that. Like I, It's like watching the Exorcist like, movie like over and over again. I, like, I, I leave it out for lighter, lighter lifts because there's no reason to get, I don't need to be that high. But once I put that belt on and we're over a certain weight and I'm, I know mm-hmm. it's heavy, I am nothing without that swing through. It just feels mm-hmm, wrong. Mm-hmm. But my other yep. one is something that no one ever sees unless you're actually in the gym with me because it takes it it's too much it, it happens too early in the setup for people to see it mm-hmm. um, or for me to put it on Instagram. It's one of those things where people are like, "What the fuck is she doing? Stop right. that!" But there is always a moment. <laughs> stop that! <laughs> stop posting that! <laughs> like, just stop that! That's ridiculous. Um, but before I. Um, bench it doesn't matter what music it is it's after i've taken my headphones out because like i said i always play the song and then take the headphones out i don't Mm -hmm. like to bench with headphones and to be perfectly honest i turn our our gym has an american flag right behind the bench if you've seen it in my videos and i'll stand i stand at the edge of the bench and it's usually it's not the flag i don't care what you put in front of me Mm-hmm. I literally have to make everything go silent. So I stare into nothingness and it's and it's almost looks like I'm about to fight, but I'm not oh, it's oh not goodness. like like because I'm literally standing there and I'm like clenching my fists and it's just like I, my eyes are closed and I think I probably look pretty pissed off. Um but I'm not. I'm just I shut everybody out like I can't hear anything. And I don't mm-hmm. want to hear anything. And that's right before i don't even sit down on the bench until i can shut everything the hell up and then it's and it like that is that is for that for me is when the bench starts i i i just it's like a centering thing and a quieting Mm -hmm. thing so that's why i said like for bench i don't need music i I don't rely on music for bench at all Mm -hmm. it is just a centering thing also because i think bench for me i know in theory bench for me where i am should scare the shit out of me mm-hmm. um i always say to people it's weird that i'm scared of squats and deadlifts because you can always put them down or drop them like right you know, get rid of them you can get rid of them bench if even the slightest thing goes wrong like you you're pinned like even with the safeties right. but for some reason i have no fear when i come to, when it comes to bench and that moment is where i erase all of that like the processing that should happen that's where it goes it, in that mm-hmm. moment i just shut everything else out and that's it don't ask me why i can't do that for bench or deadlift i or for deadlift and squats i don't know but for bench there's a moment my feet have to be planted on either side of the bench i'm standing directly right. at the end and it's right before i put my ass on the bench to start the mm-hmm. lift so mm-hmm. that those are my two um yeah and then my five six seven eight deadlift but it doesn't work all the time yet so i don't know that it's my favorite (laughs) but yeah so that that those are my two well we'll have to find someone who likes deadlifting more than both of us to have a deadlift routine i know i know and i don't you know i don't dislike it um and i'm pretty comfortable with it but like you said i think it's just one of those things where you find that one thing that you just can zen out with and you know deadlift is not that for me i actually do i know anybody who that that's that's their jam like that i gotta find out. right some, listeners if any guys if any of you are deadlift like that is your thing and it makes your it's your happy zen place please let us know because we'd like to yeah. we'd like to hear from you 
Yeah, that's really that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting uh, concept. Maybe for a later episode. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Cool. Well, I am excited to be back. I think you know we got some really cool stuff cooked up for y'all this year in the 2018. So, uh, but you know, as always, if you have suggestions, if there are things you want to hear us talk about, people you would like to hear yes. from, hear us interview. Sorry, I had to cough. Uh, let us know. Um, hit us up in the DMs. Yes. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud, of course. Uh, check us out on Instagram at the Chocolate Bar Podcast, Facebook, and the Twitters. Um, and check out the blog. Um, I think I'm going to uh, probably write up something about the whole meat experience soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, otherwise, thank you all again for listening. We love you. We hope you are all having a wonderful, prosperous 2018 thus far. It's going to be lit, man. Woohoo! Yeah. I'm Bree. I'm <laughs> Dee. See you at the bar. Bye. Bye. Bye.